air conditioner, ladies and gentlemen, because we needed to cool down in here. It was getting very <laughs> hot. Just too fiery. Just just for our listeners' own good. The hot takes, the hot bodies. <laughs> just, just the generally fiery humans yeah. just occupying this room right now. You should have heard the stories we were swapping just a few minutes ago. There were pools, there were stakes. <laughs> Do you find this being a consistent theme on this podcast where we just pretty much blow through all of the most entertaining content long before we hit the record button we don't do this anonymously if we <laughs> did it would be a better podcast that like, actually we actually point. go by our real names we don't use uh voice scramblers <laughs> or any kind of sophisticated technology <laughs> like that this is as as much as i would like to say that uh a voice this beautiful was done by machine it's actually <laughs> my real voice and uh, it's kyle's real voice also and we're just ever so thankful. Yes, thank you for joining us again. Uh, it, it's it's good to be back. It's been a while. The U.S. Open, I guess, happened. It did happen. So, before we dive in, cause oh. I, well, because all right, I, th- I think the point of this little podcast here is just to get some general. Now that we've had like a little over a week to process what happened at the U.S. Open, um, the one thing that did happen is Jordan Spieth. Fucking won the travelers with a fucking chip in from that bunker. What did you did you see this and what did you think if you did? I didn't see it. I heard about it. What kind of a golf podcast I read about it. are you? I was ironing shirts and cleaning my floor. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing yesterday. I was burned out on golf. I have to be honest with you. I, I yeah. read that and I immediately regretted not watching the travelers. Did now I watch, watch this. Through through the power of technology, here's what I'm gonna do. Right now, you have not seen this video. But and, I, and I love Jordan Spieth. Like, he is, you know, my fantasy, my fantasy boy. And all of yours, I'm sure. Uh, you know what? And it's kind of funny. So this, this is something that I will, uh, oh, oh, my that goodness. That was awful. That was really, really awful. In fact, you know what? I'm going to have this bring us up on the phone to make it a little <laughs> a little easier for you. Ladies and gentlemen, this bear is, with us. This is premium top-rate podcasting right now. Um, the one question I will beg to you is that this is something that uh, Andy Johnson of the Friday wrote in an article that I believe he posted yesterday at the conclusion of The Travelers, and that is he thinks that Jordan Spieth has somehow, some way, become underrated despite having 10 PGA Tour victories and reaching 10 wins faster than anybody else in history not named Tiger Woods. Spieth was always underrated uh, when he was in the run-up to his first major. He was winning all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of wild because he's saying, like, just pretty much because he doesn't hit the ball 350 off the tee, somehow, some way, that has caused him to be overlooked. You know how? You know what's great? You keep... No, hold on. Don't play that yet. Okay. I'm a, you keep saying somehow, some way, because it's a lyric in Gin and Juice, which you have recorded a cover <laughs> a cover of. It's, it's sunk oh. into your subconscious. By the way... This is also another little side note, and this is me just getting completely off topic. Like I am very proficient at somehow, doing. some way, somehow, you got some off way. topic. I have spoken to a producer slash rapper, uh, locally based, who has agreed to produce a brand new intro for the Golf Guy I podcast. I like our intro; it, it's good. But the problem is that's not copyright it is it yeah. is, it is <laughs> we are not allowed to collect any money from advertisers or really anything so long as we have that as a uh, an intro song that's a good point so however this this gentleman um well i'll just come right out and say it anybody if you want to go and listen to this man go look up broiler 
the, the musician Broiler. Fantastic stuff. I mean, listen to his... Don't, don't leave the broiler on too long or the bread will burn. No, go listen to his Patrick Swayze tribute album or his last one, it, you know, uh, Everyone's Thunder. Tremendous. So hopefully Pat- in the next couple episodes we'll be able to debut that as well. Patrick Swayze buried at the uh, Westwood Cemetery mm-hmm. off Westwood Boulevard along with Marilyn Monroe and Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. I mean, this guy's probably the single biggest Pat Swayze fan. I've never even seen... Earth. Whatever that movie is that he's in, I've seen Ghost. What's the other one? There's, there's Dirty, multi- Dirty Dancing. There's multiple. Have other not ones. seen Dirty Dancing. So the ones that you have to see, obviously, are Roadhouse and Point Break. Haven't seen either of them. We'll fix that. They right, are. Show me this chip. So this is the chip that Jordan Spieth made out of a bunker to essentially win the Travelers Championship. Let's see if we can get some oh, audio it, it on this. It looks like a. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Bang. Awesome. To win. And then, bang. I, liked by Steph Curry. <laughs> the video That's on Instagram, right. liked That's by right. Steph Curry. And then, so <laughs> Mr. Berger, Mr. Berger it, is just speechless. Did Berger have a makeable birdie putt? Uh, it was a long birdie putt to push that he missed. There we go. Yes. Yeah. First playoff hole? Yeah. That's huge. That is huge. Spieth. That's right. Add it to the list. That Jim Nance was on point right there. That yeah. is that is that was quite good. That's wonderful. I should have been watching that. So since the U.S. Open happened, that went down yesterday. Can you imagine if it's pretty o- pretty awesome? If the U.S. Open had ended that way, it would have been a good tournament. <sighs> yeah. So I get that, that. That's a great segue. So let, let's just get some want, general takeaways. Let me tell it you. Doesn't exactly have to be anything specific. I just want your thoughts. The U.S. Open and the winner of the U.S. Open are exactly the same. For this last year. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, adequate. Boring. Sure. <laughs> predictable. <laughs> not memorable in any way. Uh, fair and forgettable. <laughs> That's how I'd like to summarize all of it. Uh, you know, the, the golf course. That's a great clip, by the way. <laughs> the golf course is just like Kepka, you know, long. Yeah. Sexy, taut, uh, you know, it, it tight, was a, tight, you know, but I, I'll tell you what, I'll be damned if I can remember more than one hole from that golf course. Mm. I remember that stupid par three with that fucked up green and that's the, and it wasn't even a good hole and it's the only hole I remember. For some reason, the only hole that stands out to me is the first hole, that ultra long dog leg left par five. I don't even remember that. Hole. that that's just make, only because, you know, especially on Thursday and Friday, which I watched more golf for the U.S. Open on Thursday and Friday and the first half of Saturday. I mean, I watched all of, like, everything that I watched from Sunday was on a delay. By the time I started watching on Sunday, the tournament was already over. I didn't know who won, but I was I was on tape delay all of Sunday because I was out of town. and It was super uninteresting yeah. the whole day. Exactly. And you can't blame Brooks Kepka. He played a great round and stuff. But <sighs> these courses with the big, wide fairways... They're fucking boring when a guy is just on his game. It's just like Jason Day did at Whistling Straits. It's the same tournament. It happened again. Yeah. Uh, it's Whistling Straits, except a little bit less tricked out and fucked up. But right. it was the same tournament as that PGA Championship. It was utterly uninteresting. That, that's that's perfectly said. I, I didn't think about it that way, but that is a perfect. And the first couple of days when the wind was up and stuff, and it was a you know the first couple rounds, so it's naturally tighter. 
it was kind of interesting because the field was compressed, and then you had the the Justin Thomas sixty three, but which it, Johnny Miller was still salty about and refused to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Johnny yeah. Miller's sixty three was better. There's oh. no nobody's arguing. Well, it was that, at a but, far more difficult golf course. So it, and, it, and it, it, is, sun, it is better on Sunday and to on win Sunday. at a harder golf course. Yeah, better stroke differential against yeah. the field average. But this U.S. Open, I mean, I, I think you gotta stop going to these places. Aaron Hill's nice golf course. I'd like to play it. I would it love seems to play Aaron kind Hills. of fun. Yeah, it looks like a really fun golf course. But 60-yard wide fairways, if the wind happens to die down or if a guy's just hitting it well, you're just going to get one of these, you know, machine drivers of the ball who's going to hit it in the fairway every time. And Brooks Kepka's got to be the most boring guy on the planet, no matter what <laughs> girlfriend he has. <laughs> that was the most interesting part of the whole round. And most people probably tuned out by then. I, I am really, really interested to hear your, your Joe Buck take. On <laughs> I think I texted everybody I know yeah, when that me. happened. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I found well, out about that before I really found out what the outcome of the tournament was. I was dying to be excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was great. Thank God Joe Buck doesn't know which chick is which. <laughs> but, I mean, there wasn't the slightest bit of interest for the last 12 holes of Sunday no. at all. Uh you know, it's reminiscent of Keimer's kind of walk away win. Mm-hmm. When, although Keimer at least is, he's even more interesting than Kepka, which is, that tells you how boring Kepka is. Which is crazy. Because Martin Keimer is goddamn boring. Yeah. Kepka is as tedious as they come. He's, he's one of these brainless kind of. Who just sits out there like a machine hitting balls for five hours in the range. He doesn't even like golf. <laughs> you heard that quote, didn't you? <laughs> I did not About how he thought quote. golf was boring and he should have played baseball. <laughs> so fair enough. I mean, That's you so... can think that, but <laughs> I don't want to root for a guy who doesn't like golf. That's why I've, I'm having a harder time rooting for McElroy. It's given me shades of uh, Jason Schmidt when he went from the Giants to the Dodgers. And they're like, are you excited? He's like, you know, I do this to make money. I don't, I don't even really like baseball. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> these, fuckers need, these fuckers need to like the sport for me to like them. Oh, Yeah, that's a really good point. But anyway, it was a completely forgettable U.S. Open. Uh, it, it was on the precipice of being interesting, but it ended up being boring. So how much of the, I guess, I don't want to say disappointment. That's probably the wrong word. Although maybe it is. Maybe it's that is a suitable descriptor for this tournament. How much do you think the golf course is to blame for the lack of excitement and the overall dud that I would classify the last this U.S. Open as? I think you have to say completely. Really? Don't you? Because even at some of the runaways, if there are interesting golf courses, you have memorable shots, mm-hmm. memorable moments. This, this golf course, it was a solid golf course. I don't think you can say that there's anything wrong with it exactly but it was it was pedestrian kind of just nothing memorable about it it's there didn't seem to be a lot of decision making that the players needed to engage in especially off the tee if you were almost none yeah if you or i were playing this golf course there'd be a lot of decision making like this is it seemed like a golf course that was It'd be a lot more appropriate for you and I to be competing out there as like with handicaps between nine and fifteen than it is for guys who are plus sixes because the fairways were just too wide. Like they could miss with a driver and still have pitching wedges and eight irons into everything. Where like 
there was the long fescue that they could get in, but the the holes were so long that all but the longest guys just had to hit driver anyway. Mm-hmm. And the fairways are so wide that you should be hitting them. So yeah. it wasn't a decision. What I'm talking about, and the bunkers weren't really in play. There were there were very few sort of middle of the fairway type European kind of bunkers. Unless you were in the first couple feet of the fescue, it had all been trampled out by spectators anyway. So it was actually pretty easy to hit out of. You hit driver, and then you hit an iron <laughs> to these enormous greens. <laughs> And the greens were rolling really nicely, unlike Chambers Bay. And then you two-putt, and you get on with your round. Uh, that, that was what I was watching. Right. And guys going low at the U.S. Open, it's not so much that that's a problem, but what it tells you is that the golf course really isn't forcing these guys to think very hard. Right. And I think uh, one something else that I read, I can't remember. It, it might have been on the Friday. I'm not 100% sure, but that is... Uh, a hallmark of U.S. Open golf is having um, very penalizing, uh, rough, or obstacles very close to the putting complex, to the green complex. So it really puts a premium on accurate uh, ball striking, knowing that if you miss on your approach shot, if you miss even just a little bit, you're going to pay the price and you're going to be hitting the ball at a five-inch long rough and getting up and down is not, uh, you know, it's, it's not a gimme. It's not a foregone conclusion. Whereas with this golf course, because everything was supposedly a little more linksy style, the greens are enormous. Everything around the green is just mown fairway with you know big crownings. The guys were not worried at all about getting super aggressive hitting into these greens because they knew if they missed, they're just going to be hitting off a tight fairway, not out of five inch rough. And so it's like whatever. I'm I'm a fucking professional golfer. I can get up and down from anywhere. Yeah. And that there was just no fear. No. In in terms of not hitting the into these greens, and that that is a quality that I think most of us love about the U.S. Open that was basically absent. Totally absent. Yeah. And it makes sense that a guy like Brooks Kepka would win a tournament like this. Mm-hmm. Totally skilled, kind of hasn't really shown that he can win a, a Class A tournament before. Sure. Although he's won a few times. He's won once on PGA Tour, right? And like four times on the European Tour? I think so. And I think his one PGA Tour win was sort of a nondescript event. So nondescriptive that as a golf podcast host, I could tell you absolutely nothing about his his previous wins. It was maybe... it's just so forgettable. It might have been one of those desert events, like TPC Scottsdale or something. I don't remember. Waste management. It was waste management. Was it? And it's exactly the same. It's another place where it's wide open. There's no trouble around the greens. I mean, what's the difference, honestly, between that golf course and this one? The fescue? Okay. But... It really is not a whole lot of a difference. Yeah, I, and I, but basically I'm just dying for memorable golf courses, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting them. Right. It, it just, uh, and I think you made a really good point, and that is it's not that watching guys play very well and getting really deep red numbers on the scoreboard is an issue. It's the fact that there was so many red numbers. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, Tiger in 2000 or, you know, your boy Rory, I think it was 2011 when they just blew the field away. You know, the cut line was still over par, you know, and they were beating second place by seven, eight, nine strokes. Like they, they went really low because they were just that exceptional. Whereas this Aaron Hills tournament, everybody was going low. Saying, you know, But it's weird because you either went really low, which was half the field, or you were awful. Like, I mean, it was like Rory and Dustin both missed the cut along with I mean, it was it was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird tournament. But then you think about it, like, 
in terms of golf viewership, what's the most boring shit that you can see? It's guys hitting fairways and not coming close to missing them. But more than that, it's enormous greens where guys can just play to a safe spot and they're on the green and then they, and they two putt. And then they two putt. And that's what you watch all day. That is and so the highlight- now that I think about it, that is just brutal to watch. And so the highlights <laughs> the highlights are the fifty foot putt that somehow goes in that's on tape delay. Yeah. Every time you see it, that's that's a thrill. <laughs> and the occasional iron shot that gets close, which you could see on any golf course. So you're, you're left with a really tedious kind of tournament. It works at the Open Championship because those enormous greens, there's way more fucked up stuff mm-hmm. that happens to you along the way. There's, you know, h- hidden bunkers in the middle of the fairway and pot bunkers and weird undulations mm-hmm. and... But then you get to one of these kind of corporate golf courses like this one, and you just got to two-putt, move on, next hole, two-putt. It's not a struggle for them to hit the green. Mm -mm. I need to see them struggle to hit the green. Totally. So I don't think I'd be going off on a limb here if I was to say that you would not be disappointed if the U.S. Open were to not return to Aaron Hills. Well, I heard everybody was getting Lyme disease. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to uh, assume that was a fact. I actually haven't heard that that I thought happened, I, but I, I heard they I, were scared of it. I thought I read something that one of the water fountains at Aaron Hills tested positive for <laughs> E. coli. Nah. Did you fucking did you read that or <laughs> no, didn't see I didn't, that? I'm not shocked. One but. of like one of the wells that like uh, you know is where the water from one of the faucets get, like tested positive for E. fucking coli, and Damn. they sh- shut it down. I was like. God damn, that is all. probably why Danny Willett withdrew. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, not be- no. Not because he sucks at golf and didn't want to embarrass himself again? Boy, that guy fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> nice job, Spieth. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> saddling, him with, <laughs> saddling us with Danny Willett forever. Um, no, I don't need it to go back to Aaron Hills. It was better than Chambers Bay, but honestly, I hate to say this because Chambers Bay is such a, a fucking dirt track, but it was better the tournament than Aaron was be- Hills. The tournament was significantly better. A better tournament and a more memorable golf course. Oh, yeah. Like, if they hadn't fucked the greens up, then it would be a better course. Mm-hmm. I could remember parts of it. Yeah, more yeah. interesting for sure. This last one, it was it was fine. Nothing wrong with it, but it's more like a fine golf course for you know highly skilled amateurs. So that that would be my my follow up question to you is I I don't think Aaron Hills just doesn't seem like the right kind of golf course to host a U.S. Open. No. Um. So then my question would be though, would you like to see a professional tournament? played at Aaron Hills again at some point. It's not like I hate the golf course. It's just, how can I say yes? Because it was so boring to me. It very much seems like a PGA and, Championship and type course. Part of but this, most certainly not yeah, a U.S. Open course. It, it does. It's very Whistling Straits-ish, mm-hmm. except even less memorable. <laughs> um, if they narrowed those fairways by like 20 yards to get them from like 60 to 40, then I think we could be could talking be, about a pretty interesting golf tournament. It could be better. Uh, part of the problem could be that you know, the Fox telecast, it it doesn't make you want to like anything that you're seeing. <laughs> I mean, that was just awful. And, you know, Oakmont, last year, we were doing the podcast back then. Oh, absolutely. We, I remember saying Oakmont sucked after our podcast last I year. Do it remember seemed, it was not... lackluster compared to what I thought it would be. Maybe what's happening is I'm, I'm a victim of, of charmless, badly produced Fox programming. <laughs> Maybe somebody could 
do these golf courses justice and Fox can't do it? Who who do you think uh does the is what network produces the best telecast for golf? They're, this they're is, all this, bad. This has been actually a, a big debate going N- on. NBC. NBC has to But be. they don't do it anymore, do they? Mm, well, I mean, the Golf Channel. So whenever yeah. the Golf Channel does something for a first and second round or a non-big C- event, like it's basically NBC because NBC owns the Golf Channel. CBS is is awful. Unless they're doing majors. They do the Open, don't they? Um, oh, no, that's ABC. ABC does the Open. Uh, recently, yeah, ABC and ESPN. ABC, been, TNT, I don't, and ESPN. I don't know if they... St- I don't believe they still have the rights to the Open, although I could be wrong there. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I think sure. ESPN does the Open with There's, ABC. Am I crazy thinking that, like TNT did the Open last they did. year? Yeah, they okay. always do. Yeah, okay. they're part of that family. Okay. Um, NBC used to have the U.S. Open, and they have the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And do they still have it or does Fox? They might still have it. I don't know. I'll have to do some research and come back on the next podcast. But NBC was always great. You know, Johnny Miller... Real prick. Still, I liked him. He was good. Yeah. A great prick, though. He was fine. He made it lively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, CBS, with its weekly golf broadcasts, they have good commentators, but shitty production. You see maybe one golf shot every 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. and the rest of it is graphics. Yeah. So they fucked that up. Fox, I like the Pro Tracer. You know, I kind of like the, the music. That's about it. CBS's Masters broadcasts are okay, but that's because... They have no control over it. Exactly. But that's because, you know, the homies at Augusta National are controlling everything and there's no commercials. Right. That's why the Masters broadcast works really well. When CBS, CBS is has a pa- autonomy, passive, no. god damn, they are awful. They're really bad. <laughs> it's it's like, a thousand commercials and a th- they might have one camera for the whole thing <laughs> that they just, like, drive around they to just different don't holes. Like, they just don't like to show you a lot of golf. That's no. the problem with the broadcast on CBS mm. normally. You don't um, see one golf shot. I, I would love, and I mean love, to see NBC take over one or two of these majors because, I mean, not only are they great, and how always forget the name of the judge, Terry Gannon, or what, what, who oh, uh, a lot of times yeah. does a lot of the play-by-play. Play. He's great. He is good. I love Terry, and you know what? I love Mike Tirico. I've always loved Mike Tirico, and now that he's part of the NBC family, I wish he had an opportunity to do more of these big-time events because he thrives. I mean, when he, when he was doing the Open Championship for ESPN, those couple years they had it, it was outstanding. So I, it's not with ESPN anymore? Is no, what you're telling Mike, me? Mike Tirico uh, left ESPN. Oh, no, is, is ESPN still doing the Open? I, I want to say no. Really? Yeah. Is it NBC now? <sighs> Part of me thinks that it's almost all TNT. Um, oh, come on. I, I, I kid you not. You know, I, I will... Because Who, I, I feel obligated to our viewers to peck, offer them... Peck that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Open Championship broadcast. So once again, I mean, Joe Buck needs to be done away with. Mm-hmm. Um, Azinger's okay. I know a lot of people hate him. I think he's fine. Now, here, here would be my question to you is... If Aaron Hills were to host another There's so many other golf tournament. courses in America. It has to go to Aaron Hills again? Jesus. Well, well if, it, if it was forced to be part of the PGA Tour schedule, what is an appropriate tournament or even type of tournament, if you can't think of one specifically, that God. you'd be okay seeing it again on television? I don't know. Just one of those dumb FedEx Cup tournaments. <laughs> but they like to do those on the Eastern Seaboard, so I don't know. Why? 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 Because they like to do it in prime time because they think people care. So they want to have the golfers playing in prime time for the broadcast. I just don't it's understand why they can't do anything on the West Coast of when prime, the fall rolls Because around. of that. 
But then you could have guys playing in daylight and have it still be prime time. Well, we like that little bell. Sh- that was that prime wonderful. time on the East Coast. Like what? What's I mean, I mean pre prime time. Let's put it that way. Mm. They want it to lead into sixty minutes. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's quite bad, isn't yeah, it? It is. That's it really is. really bad. Yeah, they'll, uh, never, they'll never do them on the West Coast. Uh, well, I have to admit, I'm I'm looking for the coverage uh, for the Open Championship, and I am coming up empty-handed. So we will just have to... I'm sure nobody knows. We will have to rely on our wonderful listeners to reach out to us on well, social media. I'm sure we'll figure it out five minutes after we get done broadcasting. That absolutely is true. But um, anyway, the U.S. Open, totally forgettable. Brooks Kepka even more boring than I thought he could be. <laughs> um, he, he's a hot piece of ass, but it's, it's not good enough for me. Uh, I'm now bored with him. Uh, I like the girlfriend snafu. That was good. That was great. That was pretty much it. Aaron Hills. Nothing else interesting. Forgettable. I, I, I can't remember one shot from the whole tournament. Honestly, if if Aaron Hills has to host another tournament again, I think the most appropriate U.S. Thing, amateur. It would be the USAM. It's exactly yeah. exactly what I was just thinking. Right. Yeah. Something like a big time amateur event where we are not subjected to watching. Yeah. Move it. them up 200 yards and have them do the U.S. amateur. <laughs> That's what we need to watch. Uh, so I'm going to transition into something else. Before we end this brief little podcast that there we there wasn't doing. much to talk about. No, there was Can not too much. I mean, it was that boring. Now, what's crazy to me is that the majors last year blew too. We're we're in a really bad run. I've got to say, I I don't. We had a wonderful 2015, and then since then it's been kind of shit. Well, what is it now like? Ever since Jason Day's PGA Championship in 2015, and that was at least interesting because it was Jason Day. But even that was kind of dull. Well, there hasn't been there hasn't been a multi major winner since Zach Johnson at St. Andrews. And you know what? I, I get that a lot of people like this whole, there's you nobody know, more. Likes it. Nobody really does. It's the same argument that's been going on in the NBA where people are like, uh, there's no parody. This right, is dumb. So it's like, you know the what? Ma- the people want to see greatness. The 2016. I want to see greatness. 20- I don't want to see a bunch of fucking noobs who are going to win yeah. one time and fucking disappear taking all the glory of the major championships. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm getting worked up right now. I mean, Sergio won the Masters and it was interesting. It wasn't that bad. It was a good tournament. Yeah. But... Even that wasn't that great for some reason. No. Well, it didn't because it was Sergio, and he ruined golf by winning. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly it why is, it was not It is not more satisfying. fun to watch him lose. Absolutely. Then, then Jimmy Walker, you know, that that tournament sort of pretended to get interesting at the end. That being said, Hen- the Henrik-Phil duel was pretty entertaining. I forgot about that. That, that, was, that, that was, was pretty entertaining. That was excellent. That, that was pretty much the lone bright spot last year. I forgot about that. That was really good. That was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and the Ryder Cup last year was fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of last year's Open Championship, that leads me into the second half of this podcast, and that is just some preliminary, you know, kind of looking ahead to the Open Championship, which is going to be taking place at Royal Birkdale from, like, I think the week of July 16th through the 25th, so really, you know, three or four weeks away from the Open Championship happening as we're recording this podcast. Um, Of all the courses on the, you know, Open Championship rotation, Royal Birkdale is not my favorite. <laughs> no. Not even really in my top three. But that being said, this is this is what I find to be a little interesting. It seems to produce outstanding champions, which gives me hope that this will be a really, really good. What is it like? Faldo, Tiger, one of those? So Norman. So I'll just go most recently. The last time the Open was held at Royal Birkdale was in 2008, and it was when somebody successfully defended the Claret Jug. Giving that, giving you that clue, 
Can you tell me who won? Jesus Christ. Can I? You when I if you don't successfully guess successfully if you don't oh, guess Padre Carrington correct so Padre Carrington won in two thousand and eight and before that uh, the previous Open held at Royal Birkdale was in nineteen ninety eight when Mark O'Meara Mark O'Meara won I thought you said they were good champions well <laughs> no offense so get this so other than Mark O'Meara and Padre Carrington um, before that the Open Championship record for low score was Ian Baker Finch in '91. However, before I might have to ask you where the hell you came up with your great well, champions. This theory. this will be the tenth Open Championship held at Royal Birkdale. Before those last three, the winners were Tom Watson, Johnny Miller, Lee Trevino, Arnold Palmer, Ooh. and then Peter Thompson won it twice. And Peter I Thompson won stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he won it at Royal Birkdale a couple of times. That's fifty four that, and sixty five. That's a solid run. That's a pretty fucking. That is good. That's a good. Li- I mean, other than the last three times that it was played there, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, I mean, if Palmer's won there, Trevino, Miller, Watson, that's a nice list. That's a pretty. That's a pretty impressive list. Those of guys winners. can hit a golf ball. Correct. So that gives me a little bit of hope that perhaps we'll have a worthy champion. We'll see. Granted, Tiger just barely missed out in 98. Marco Mira only beat him by one stroke. And I, I believe Marco Mira won in a playoff with somebody else, but Tiger finished one stroke back. I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't almost Tiger he almost close. had him in 98. Damn. Yeah. And, that and that's was the, when he was in mid-reconstruction, right? Well, I mean, this is 98. So this is, you know... He's he only was got, in the swing change. Yeah, he only had one major under his belt at that 97 Masters at that yep. point. So he's yep. still relatively fresh. Um, and I'm trying to think... In, uh, yeah, so he was one stroke back... Uh, now, here's an interesting little tidbit. So, Henrik Stenson is the defending champion. Mm. Yeah, he's not in good form right now. He's not in great form right now. Um, however, I didn't realize this. Uh, he was in contention the last time he was at Royal Birkdale. In 2008, Henrik tied for third. He ties for third all the time. <laughs> Before he won the Open Championship, it's what he was most proficient at. How about Mickelson this time around? He's rested. Thank you. I was almost going to forget about this, and I need to know your opinion. We'll, we'll jump back into the open here in a second, but I have to get your thoughts on Phil and Bones breaking up. I was as shocked it, as anyone. Yeah. Somebody told me this the other day, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I, I still don't believe it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why, why would one of the most successful player-caddy combinations who supposedly have no qualms with each other break? I mean... Obviously, something has to be going on behind is the Bones, scenes that we don't know. Is Bones just tired of the bullshit and wants to retire? He's got to have enough money. Public statements from both of them have been very complimentary and have more or less just alluded to the fact that they're both ready to make a change. But that, I mean, it, far be it for me to make completely speculative, unwarranted <laughs> statements. But knowing Phil Mickelson's reputation... Somebody might have slept with somebody's wife. That's all I'm saying. There's no evidence of it, but... You know, Phil Mickelson is supposedly Mr. Family Man, and I, I there's there's smoke signals in the air that, you know, it could be a little bit less wholesome than that. I don't know if anyone's ever gone on the record about that stuff, but, uh, you know, perhaps Bones' wife was getting more Bones than <laughs> we, we know about. That's... That is just a total guess, and I don't mean to besmirch anybody. I'm sure it's not true. But thinking about you know what could come out of the blue that would end this relationship, it could be something like that. Do you think it was that Phil was not giving Bones his proper percentage for all of his kick-ass cash games that he's playing on the side? It could be that. 
Bones or, or, or Bones isn't even well, showing so, up for his cash games, and, and Phil wants a guy that's going to be there on tour Bones, and at the country club Bones, to fucking flee some, you know, f- you know, flee some club champions. Bones, he does, needs him there all the time. He doesn't caddy for the the cash games, I'm sure. But maybe that's Phil's what? problem. He needs him there at all times. See, this if I were more in the know, I would know. <laughs> but for the cash games, you think they just do carts because Phil's not carrying his bag. I would assume that. Or they'd be local, like a, local caddy. Yeah, local caddy or, I mean, I guess a cart. I mean, you know, obviously he's not carrying his own bag. No. So it's either a cart or he's got a caddy at the local the local spot. Yeah. Well, it I just mean, seems crazy to me because those guys, maybe Bones nothing, wants to spend more time with his family or something. Some but stupid shit like all that. All the statements that I'm seeing, though, are indicating that Bones is going to... He's not going to caddy for another player, is Yeah, that, that, that's... Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, all of Phil's statements have been like some something on along the lines of... He's been great. We've enjoyed our time together. Nothing is wrong. We just mutually felt it is time for us both to try something new. Uh, and there are a lot of players that are going to be reaching out to Bones, and he's going to be working on somebody's bag who's very successful starting as soon as he wants to. Phil probably fired him then. Because why would Bones want to leave Phil? I don't know. But that's it. What doesn't make any sense about this to me is why. Like, everything seemingly was going so well, and both parties... W- I can't imagine why either one of them would... Maybe Phil thought that Bones was too comfortable and that he wasn't willing to challenge him or question him enough Bones. and that he needed new Fucking blood. check yourself, dude. New blood in the stream? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. At this point, it, it just it's confounding. Is, I, I, I don't know why. Well, here's the deal. Did Bones sign a non-disclosure agreement or are we going to get the book? Because that guy could write a book. Absolutely. But I bet he signs an NDA. That mean. From your uh, legal perspective, that Phil's, I, Phil's got lawyers. Well, hundred percent. I mean, that that's the only reason why everything seems so cordial from the public viewpoint, and they're both making statements that are very complimentary of one another. There has to be a non-disclosure being signed. Somewhere. Not only is there such a thing as a non-disclosure agreement, there's such a thing as a another kind of NDA, a non-disparagement agreement, mm. and I bet that he signed both of those. Mm. So anyway, it could. Ju- I, I don't know. It's bizarre. Here's the real question. Who yeah. is Bones going to caddy for now? He's probably going to caddy for some young, hot stud, Brooks Kepka. Although <sighs> Kepka won't boot his caddy after winning a major. But who who is Bones going to land with? Well, like, oh, oh, I, I figured it out. Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, God, would be so He's going to go right to him. Where, where do we stand on the Bryson DeChambeau? DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau is like a 12-year-old who... <laughs> uh, is in like mock UN. He's like me when I was twelve. <laughs> He's like a real douchebag and a big know-it-all. Uh, you know, he, he's putting his golf balls in salt water. I don't think I'm a fan of the Bryson DeChambeau experiment. Bryson DeChambeau might be likable once he gets a little bit humble. Mm. I mean, if he ever chooses to go that route, I'm sure he could be favorable to a, a large number of golf fans. Did he normalize the hat situation, and is he still in any? like notable tournaments because i haven't seen him in a long time uh he is playing in some notable tournaments but he's having to qualify for all of them because he's kind of shitty yeah i mean by by pga tour standards right he could certainly kick my fucking fruity ass well that's true like any day he wanted with one arm he could weigh your balls (laughs) (laughs) um i mean obviously that you know as a complete homer you know my 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 hope is that you know as soon as he you know stops taking oxycontin when he wakes up in the morning and he gets back on tour that you know Tiger and Bones will be working together well, for be, just one of the most epic you well, know that would be too good 
Well, that, guess, that, that would be the dream scenario. Well, I guess Tiger's still with Joe LaCava. I guess Joe LaCava decided to take a lot of time off. <laughs> okay. Because I haven't heard that he's left Tiger. <laughs> That's got to be a real shitty gig for Joe. It just like sitting around waiting. I mean, I'm sure Tiger's probably paying him a salary to yeah. like retain him. Right. But, you know. Imagine like you I, leave, I don't know. That, that, that whole situation Dustin is really Johnson, sad. Then Dustin Johnson wins a major and then. Has, has Joe. Has anything about Joe LaCava ever. Oh, no. Who was he with? Was he with DJ? I, I don't recall. Who was he with? It was Adam. Sc- who the fuck was he with? Joe. Like, I can't remember that. This is something that I would hope that I would. I thought be it able was Dustin. Find out I thought it was on, Dustin Johnson on the World Wide Web. Maybe I was wrong. Joe Lacava. It's funny when I type in Joe Lacava, it uh, <laughs> the first like the second Picture thing that pops up on, on Google a beach is on Instagram. No, the second thing is Joe La. The, the second thing that pops up is Joe Lacob's wife. <laughs> is she hot? <laughs> I, I don't don't recall. Uh, well, it's his girlfriend. It's Nicole something. The one that always sits next to him that just looks right. like she's in like five pounds of makeup. That's his his girlfriend. I, Joe Lacob has made too much money and is too smart to know or to be involved in any kind of a marriage situation. That's just something with somebody who's that intelligent point. has made that much money is too smart to make that kind of a dumb decision. That's true. I love you, Brianna. He is wise. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Dustin Johnson. So yeah. uh, LaCava had been a caddy for 30 years in the PGA Tour, most notably on Fred Couples', Couples right? bag yeah. for nearly two decades. Boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, Fred Couples, I love the guy as a golfer. Mm-hmm. But he's a huge raging asshole. Is he a raging asshole? I've I've seen him be a raging asshole. Okay, like I've seen him yell. It doesn't at like, surprise me at like volunteers at the tournaments. Respect, no, yeah. just more more respect for. He's not for the guy Nichols. that you know from the um, Mitsubishi uh, heating and cooling commercials or whatever the fuck they are. But that's my thing. I actually have got a big problem with golf tournament volunteers because they're volunteering their time. Nobody's paying them. And they they are they always act like it is their golf tournament. And I say, you know what? I think they're told to keep control of the situation. Yeah, but it's like, you know what? If I was fucking jobless and I had nothing else to do, oh, they're retired. I, I, I could fucking volunteer at this tournament too, and I wouldn't be fucking yelling at people. And, well, you know what they are? Most of them are, are rich. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really not used to being harassed in any kind of way. Like, they see you as their, their employees. That's actually... A fair point. Yeah. That is a fair point. Fuck yourself. Go get healthcare somewhere else. (laughs) So Joe LaCava, you know, two decades on Fred Couples' bag, a short stint with Dustin Johnson, um, and then started working for Tiger in 2011. The fucking guy. What what, what does Tiger see in this dude? Listen to this, though. I mean, the guy has been like an A-list caddy for 30 years. One major. Come on. Mm -hmm. Is that that good? Uh, Wait, you're talking about Joe? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, he has Fred, Fred Couples, Couples Masters, Masters, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. And he got out on Dustin Johnson when Dustin Johnson was still Dustin choke, Johnson immediately gets hard. much better, even though he's choking. Got way better. Got way better when he gets off his back. Maybe this guy is a problem. How many majors has Tiger won since Joe LaCava started caddying that's for him? That's zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. Oh, zero. Interesting. He won a players. That's the fifth major. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we have basically the conclusion that we have come to is that when Tiger is actually able to walk in a straight line. (laughs) Too fucking sad. Bones should be on his bag. That would be great. Because honestly, who knows more about boning than Tiger Woods? I mean, it's it's a match made in heaven. Tiger Woods is bones. (laughs) (laughs) Although, can you you imagine how hard Phil Mickelson would laugh if, like, he won a major up against, 
like Tiger and Bones who come in like 60th and barely make the cut. You mean kind of the way that Tiger Woods had to look at fucking Steve when Adam Scott won the Masters Oof. in 2013? That was even hard for me to watch. That was hard for me to watch. Especially with Steve Williams and Colin Tiger, you know, kind of pejorative racist names. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve Williams is Steve Williams gave he's a real asshole. Zero fucks. He's a, he's a, a jerk off. Yeah, Steve is a jerk off. <laughs> and Adam Scott's almost as boring as Brooks Kepka. Yeah, at but least Adam Scott says something. But from at least time Adam to time. Scott is like kind. He honestly is probably more attractive than Brooks Kepka. I think. And it, I, I think objectively, and, yes. especially his golf swing. But Adam Scott's golf swing is so beautiful. Brooks, Brooks Kepka's got a solid golf swing, also. It's just not as pretty as Adam Scott's. Well, it's hard to do. But, I mean, honestly, in your opinion, who has a nicer-looking golf swing than Adam Scott? It's hard to say. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Rory. And even, and, and even some people would argue that that's not No, the Adam Scott's got a very pretty golf swing. Mm -hmm. Fucking guy doesn't have the eye of the tiger, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> if you had his golf swing, how many majors would you have won? Mm, Several. The last seven when all those all fucking newbie shit nuggets fucking he doesn't start even, winning their first majors never even comes that close mm. that british open that he choked away was a good one but other than that well actually so sorry i'm, I'm i have one note here before i you know end this podcast i need to remember to say this uh, we were before we got savagely distracted with all this uh tiger joe lacava all this other stuff like that we caddy intrigue is among the best topics we were talking a little about the upcoming open championship podrick harrington Oh, did you hear that, everybody? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have somebody blowing leaves in the parking lot at 8.30 in the evening on a Monday. It's important to keep <laughs> that parking lot That clean. is not great. You mustn't have the parking lot look bad. <laughs> the last time this tournament was held at Royal Birkdale was 2008. Padraig Harrington won to complete his second of back-to-back -back Open Championships, even though he had hurt his wrist the weekend before swinging a golf club into a beanbag. And that's when Tiger was on the shelf after the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. And so, but get this, second place, just the worst, I mean, worse than anybody else we've been talking about, Ian Poulter came Ooh, in second place in this whoa. golf tournament. Man, that was some open. However, the last time this tournament was held at Royal Birkdale. I Birkdow, like Poulter, I've got to admit. Do you know who the leader was going into Sunday in I've, 2008 at Royal Birkdale? I got to take a clue. I need a clue. He's old. An old champion slash choke artist. Champion slash choke artist? Oh, yes. Somebody who was very successful, has been very successful as an active professional, or was successful as an active professional, and has also gone on to enjoy a great deal of success as his golf career has... Was it Steve Elkington? No. More famous than that. Jesus. Non-American. I would imagine. He shot a 77 on Sunday at Royal Brookdale. You got to tell me. Greg motherfucking Norman. Really? Was the leader going into Sunday back oh, in 2008. That's fucking cool. I always loved Greg Norman, I got to say. I don't know why, I, I, but I, I love Greg Norman as well. He was just too good at golf. It, it would have been... It's kind of funny, because I wonder if something... like So this happened at 2008 in Royal Brookdale. And how many years ago was it when Tom Watson almost beat Stuart Sink? That was 2012, that was maybe. 2012, so somewhere around there. So it seems like... If that was fucking amazing. It was so awesome. If there's, how, how, how didn't that happen? That would have. That honestly would have been, been the so greatest fucking story cool. in, and he had it in possibly in golf history. He had it in the palm of his hand. I know. I know. That, that was really like a huge bummer. But it makes me think, hey, if there's going to be one tournament where it has been, can somehow get it done, it's definitely the Open. 
because you know on, on those Lynx courses, all bets are off. Yeah. Is there any, any old, has been? Is there any has been that might have a chance at this tournament? Longer always has a chance. Yeah. That has been does great. <laughs> uh, anybody? Uh, you got to put it. Yeah, longer. Yeah, longer. You think John Daly has a Who's, chance? No. <laughs> Who, he, he could be the first round leader. Fred Couples won this past weekend on the senior tour. Fred Couples can't put it together for four. <sighs> I'm just. A, I just love the open. I, I just BJ is almost becoming a has been now, but that's a good he's point. too young to still be a has been. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm just really excited. I just love Lynx golf. I mean, we were talking for 45 minutes before this podcast about how Banna Dunes just really, really gets me going in my, you know, my, my groinal area. Kyle called it Bandon Poons. Yeah. <laughs> I just love Lynx golf and watching these guys play Link, you know, old Lynx golf courses. It gets me very randy. Here's and, my favorite part about it. Yeah. I can have a complete terrible lifestyle and then the golf starts at like two or three in the morning so i don't have to like get up early which is what a disciplined person right. needs to do to watch the golf <laughs> i can just stay up late and watch the golf you know i, I think would you say that's part of the charm or yes. part, part of the, the best parts about the open it is, is that, a big part of the charm i mean i love it I like the Australian Open of tennis for that same reason. Me too. It's you know, good. All throughout college, me and my roommates would always love the Australian Open because we just stay up late, just smoke a gang of weed, just drink a ton of awful, crappy and watch piss the Australian Open and watch the Australian Open. Damn. And I would like to relive that yeah. same sort of experience for the rest of my life with the Open Championship. It's fun to watch people exert themselves in ways you never could yeah. when you're <laughs> when you're very drunk very and drunk. lazy and eating very pizza. Inebri- <laughs> Uh, no, no, I do love middle of the night golf. Oh, it's the best. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and I'm looking forward to it. I am as well. We'll, we'll probably talk about this tournament certainly again before it uh, it happens, but because most of these other lazy shit podcasts are probably several weeks away from thinking about this Open Championship as a you know as you know because we owe it to our listeners to get a jump on this thing. I thought it was necessary. For you and I to touch on this and start to, you know, get a little bit of a feeler about it, what we're thinking about this tournament it's coming It's the next up. real tournament. Well, I mean... The Texas Open doesn't count, or I, I whatever th- the hell that one is. I Shell think, Houston. I Isn't there that one in Texas always? Yeah, I mean, who cares? And then the Scottish <laughs> Open. I feel like we've talked about this at, at some point, but obviously the PGA Championship is dead last among the majors. But if, if you have to rank the, the majors, the Open Championship is... It might be second. Se- it's second, it? might isn't be it? second, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, hate, I hate to not say the U.S. Open is well, second. I but think the U.S. Open and the Open Championship are close. Open Championship is just more interesting. It's always more interesting. Yeah. I mean, the Masters obviously is is numero uno. That's right. And then the Open Championship. Yeah. Then the U.S. Open, which is not far behind the Open. Yeah, that's the right order. I mean, you have the order. Correct. And then the PGA Championship is a you know a distant redheaded stepchild, far far behind the others. Yeah, you have the order correct. And as much as I would love to win my national championship, I do love America, notwithstanding all of its horrible mistakes <laughs> that it's made uh, lately, especially. Uh, I do love this country, and I would love to be the national champion. But sure. can you imagine, like... You and Brooks Kepka, You yeah, guys could yeah, be... Right, a- <laughs> right. But can you imagine, like, the global cock slap factor that you would get with winning the Open Championship? Oh, it'd be so much you more You could satisfying. go right over to those, those Arab sheikhs and pour out... Claret right all over those, their robes, and they would love it because they they really respect the Open Championship over there, and they've got all their golf tournaments. They couldn't care less about the U.S. Open. 
So, you know, you got Rory McIlroy on various jets with various One Direction members. What that, is Aaron Hills? You could what? you could live you could live the European Playboy lifestyle. Oh, it'd be the best. Which is better than the American Playboy lifestyle. By far. Like the the American Playboy lifestyle, you've got to fly like Six hours from L.A. to New York. You spend a lot of time in Vegas. You're in Vegas. But, you know. You're mi- in Chicago. I yeah, mean, like, is that that much fun? So, in Europe. They're in Monaco. In Euro- they're in, in Paris. In Europe, you're flying like an hour they're... and a half. Yeah. And you're on a Spanish island. <laughs> and then you're an hour and a half from there. And you're at the Great Pyramids on yeah. top of one of them <laughs> drinking champagne. <laughs> then an hour and a half from there. And you're in Prague with various people. It's just an immensely yeah. more baller lifestyle can, for a baller. And with the Claret Jug. You know, you just take the year off from golf. Yeah. <laughs> take the year off from life. Yeah, <laughs> just that's just right. do it do it big. Exactly. Oh, well, that's How awesome. exciting. No, it's gonna be awesome. Now, anything, now that else? you've fantasized that that's you, ladies and gentlemen, come back to reality yeah. where you're going to work tomorrow <laughs> and none of this is happening to you <laughs> or to anybody you know. None of it ever will. Do you think Zach Johnson took advantage of this <laughs> in the way that we are describing? No. <laughs> no. The last Open Championship winner to really do it up big. He he probably put holy water in there and, and poured it on everybody <laughs> in the congregation, which is a fine a fine way to do things if that's what floats your boat. Oh, it's amazing. Anything else with regards to the Open Championship or the U.S. Open I just before hope, we say goodbye I, I to these poor beautiful fans I hope of ours? It's better than the U.S. Open and my God, we're we're really in for it, aren't we? Yeah, it is. It is going to be good. Speaking of which, uh, did you see that our fine sponsor or the the fine folks who sponsor us at Seamus Golf had a I went really, on their website they have wonderful things they have wonderful stuff did you see the really cool Aaron Hills bottle opener that they were selling and engraving in person at the US Open Championship no I did not very cool so I mean the the one big upside to the US Open was apparently the merch tent was really rocking and rolling and they had I like these the shamrock well, they had a very cool custom shamrock bottle opener that they uh, were selling at the U.S. Open. That was quite cool. Oh, look at that. Very, very cool. And they got the big fucking machine. Uh, they, these guys hand at... forge all of their goodies. I mean, they, oh my they, God. they do it upright. There's shards of metal flying everywhere. I mean, they're a little expensive, but when you think about the fact that they're actually paying an American, an American wage to make these things. That's important. It, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I won't pay $2 for this very nice, you know, detailed that little f- accessory of some kind. That thing looks like it honestly could bludgeon someone to death. It's it, so substantial. It, it most certainly could. And... It's not made with flimsy foreign materials. No, and, and the cool part is, you at, at first you had to be at the U.S. Open to purchase such such an item as this Aaron Hills bottle opener. But now that the tournament is over, they are now selling them on their website. And if people use the promo code Golf Guide One Five, save yourself like ten to fifteen percent on that fucking bottle opener. Good. Yeah, SeamusGolf.com. You know you're going to have Golf Guide One Five. Save some money and buy some cool shit. You're going to have bottles that need opening. Absolutely. I mean, and you can't just be a degenerate like me and open up a bottle with your fucking weed lighter forever. I mean, you got you should probably be a real adult and go and you know get a real bottle opener and and show off a little bit. This is yeah your your golf bag opener yeah. that you show off to your buddies when you're opening a beer for them on you know at the turn. Yeah, abs- a beer that you most certainly did not bring from your car. Obviously, you know, something no, you purchased that, that the would golf be course. Pretty warm <laughs> if it was out of your car. Um, so yeah. Uh, Seamus Golf, which is with S-E-A-M-U-S golf.com. That's Promo right. code golf guide one five. Save some money. Seamus Golf, some cool shame your friends yeah. with the quality Precisely of Seamus right. Golf wear. Precisely right. Also, the other thing we got to pitch 
obviously is golfguide.net. Um, new website. If you haven't checked it out yet, it is getting very close to being perfect in every single way. The uh, we are so one thing that you will notice that I was talking to you last time is that this new search function where you basically can uh, search for golf courses using all kinds of different parameters from yardage to course rating to the type of grass that they have on the greens. I mean, if, if you go to golfguide.net and you click that little button underneath the search bar saying add filters, if I wanted to search for all golf courses that were from 6,800 yards to 7,000 yards but had a course rating over 75 from the tips that had POA greens, I can find that out. Can I find golf courses that have windmills on the holes? You know, that, that the, the blades of the windmill go between you and the hole? I just want to know why you have to make me look bad when I'm promoting the website. No, of so course we don't, do have, we don't have a windmill filter. Well, you know, the filter, make, it reminds me of an old saying that uh, has been passed down through the ages. And I, it's what I'm told. It's that on Golf Guide, you find the golf you need. Correct. That find that shit. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will put this into a beta testing this windmill filter and see if we can't uh, make something happen. Uh, granted, you know the National Golf Links of America, which is you know well known for its windmill, is not in our database. We are covering West Coast golf. However, even though in Golf Guide magazine we only publish a directory for California, Nevada, and Oregon, at GolfGuide.net. We have a full directory of courses for those three states, as well as Arizona, Washington, Idaho, Hawaii, all encompassing for the West Coast. All the Ninth Circuit. Yes. <laughs> Is that really actually what, exactly it's what the Ninth Circuit would much, be? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well done. Look at us. <laughs> so remember, golfguide.net. Um, you can save 20 to 70% on greens fees of courses all over Northern California. Our featured course this week... Um, I think this week it's supposed to be something up in Tahoe. Probably those Genoa Lakes courses, which are buttery, by the way. And we've got greens fees up there for like 40 to 50% off. So if you're going up to Tahoe and you want to play some good golf, go to golfguide.net. Buy some certificates for Genoa Lakes. We've also got past the Sunridge, Eagle Valley. Bunch of courses up there. Um, I'm going to be getting down and going up to Humboldt County at some point pretty soon. We've got passes to Beaupre. 20 bucks for 18 holes with a cart. That's like 70% off. I hear Beaupre is wonderful. I do. Yeah. No, it's, it's supposed to be like a really fun, like kind of backyard golf course. Cause apparently like the guy who designed is like an armchair architect. The guy who's the general manager now built the course by himself with like a bulldozer, like sweet. a couple decades. Back. I love, I love that. It's kind of, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I, th- I think it's awesome. Anyway, golfguide.net, save money, play golf, find the golf you need as Casey alluded to find the golf you need. And then the last thing, five star reviews on iTunes. We've said it before. I'll say it again. Whether you believe it or not, five stars. It's not like the fucking thought police are going to come catch you if you think it's really four. Yeah. yeah. Or two. And it, by the way, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Again. If you listen to this fucking thing and you're still listening now, you can't possibly dislike it. This so is supposed my, to be a 20-minute podcast, and we are sitting here, like, way into it. So Double, double that. And if you're still listening, you owe it to yourself. To not be listening to something for this long and only giving it two, three, or four stars. Yeah, honestly. Five stars. Yeah, honestly. Five stars. If if you watched an ISIS propaganda film this long, (laughs) you should give it five stars. So if you can listen to us this long, (laughs) 
you should give us five stars. Uh, that is a beautiful note to end on. I know. Don't watch ISIS propaganda. I'm very much against it. But I'm in favor of our podcast. Very, five stars. Very much in favor of the podcast. So, everybody, on that note, thank you. Uh, we will be back shortly. Uh, most likely next week <laughs> or the week after. Whether you are here or not, I will be back next week. Uh, and that is a certainty. Uh, but I hope that, you know, my dear friend Casey here will return back to the airways with me uh, in not uh, in the not too distant future. So sweet. Yes, thank you. Alright, we have to turn these mics off now.